Amen. Good to see you this morning, Friendship Church. Uh, chilly Sunday morning. I like it very, very much. Very much. Anyone not like it as much as me? Because I like it a lot. Anybody? Okay. All right. Uh, we are going to continue our, uh, our short three-week, uh, three-sermon series of just uh, simply entitled Treasure. Um, last week, we looked at how we do not uh, store up for ourselves treasures here on earth but we store up treasures for ourselves in heaven one day. Now, today is going to feel a, a little bit like a solid ground series, uh, a, a little bit, because I want to talk about a, a foundational part of Christianity in this, uh, and that is giving, and then even more specifically, tithes and offerings. We say that those are two different things, tithes and offerings. And so, you know, you'll hear, you just heard Pastor Tommy come up, and you've heard me say it when you walk up. All right, gentlemen, come forward. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings. Well, what are, what are those two things? And, and, and how does that uh, play into treasure and our Christian walk and that sort of thing? Um, understand that we have different people from different parts of, of, of life and in the world here in our church here today. There's some of you who have tithed uh, since you were in the womb, probably. Okay, I don't know. Like, that, that's been a part of your life, and you have always tithed for 70 years or whatever. And there are some that are new-ish to this. And you're trying to figure some of this stuff out. And so uh, it's good that we all kind of get on the same playing field here a little bit. Um, and so here, just a little bit about this, okay? So we're going to talk about giving tithes and offerings. Um, and just so we understand, I'm going to talk about giving from time to time. I I'm not one of these that shies away from talking uh, about giving. Jesus talked about giving a lot. Uh, actually, he talked more about giving than he did about heaven. Uh, he knew we would struggle with this, okay? He knew that this would be a part of our life. And listen, we have to have money. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to buy shoes. We've got to, I mean, we've got to go to Papacito sometimes, right, Blake? Okay? I mean, we've got to do this sometimes. And so this is, it's, it's a part of our life. We cannot get away from it, okay? And so we, this is um, a subject that we, that we need to talk about. Um, and so I, I guess it's kind of a get used to it type of a deal, okay? Get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, Okay? Because sometimes talking about finances can be uh, uncomfortable, but I, I believe that a pastor that does not talk to his church about giving sets his people and his church up for failure. Okay? Uh, if, if we do not talk about giving on an individual level, you're not going to understand what God has to say about all of these things. Um, from a church level, there are things that we have to pay for. We've got to pay for the lights, and we, we've gotta, we want to give money to missions, and we wanna, there's so many things that the church needs to do. And so a pastor that does not talk to his church about giving sets his people and his church up for failure. And so I wanted to succeed, move forward with what God has for us. Now, this is not a sermon preached because I think that we have a problem in this church with this, okay? Actually, uh, this year we're on the verge of having our best giving year since 2015 or 16, okay? So thank you. You've absolutely, go ahead. You have been absolutely faithful with your giving, and so I, I say thank you to that. So this is not some sort of, oh boy, guys, we need to talk about this. No, it's not that, in fact. Uh, you've been very faithful um, in this. This sermon is, is because God talks about money, so we need to, we need to talk about money. This is a nuts and bolts understanding of the topic from a biblical perspective. Um, and then finally, this is kind of a, a practical way to do last week's message. So last week was a, a little theological, a, a, a little even theoretical, I guess. Uh, 
what do we actually do if we want to not store up for ourselves things here on earth, but we want to store up for ourselves things in heaven? Okay, that all sounds good. What do we actually do? So this is a little bit of a nuts and bolts on, on how to do that, okay? So let me say from the outset, I believe in the tithe. I believe tithe plus, actually. Um, so everybody has to have a plus. We have Disney plus, we have Hulu plus. I believe in tithe plus, okay? <laughs> I believe in tithe plus, and I'll, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But what does tithe actually mean? In the Hebrew, it means the tenth, or tenth. One-tenth of uh, your income you give to the Lord by giving to the church, okay? And so that is, when it, so whenever we say tithe and offerings, whenever we say tithe, we're talking about the, the 10% um, that your, when your income by the end of the year, many people give weekly or monthly or whatever it is, if you make 50000 a year, you're going to give 5000 over the year to the church. And you can set it up weekly, monthly, whatever it may be. Um, but that is that one-tenth that comes. And so the reason for this, and, and, and this is kind of a, what we need to understand, especially in our, in our New Testament mindset as well, that we are to give everything to the Lord, everything to the Lord, our, our bodies, our will, our decisions, uh, our futures, our children, our finances, everything is 100% God. God's been faithful to us, right? He has given us everything. So everything we have belongs to the Lord. Yes? Amen? Amen. Everything we have belongs to the Lord. Amen. So tithe is not, I'm going to give you 10% of my money and I'm going to give it back to you. Or I'm going to give it to you. That's not what tithe is. Tithe is understanding that everything that I have is because of you. So I am returning 10% of what you have blessed me with back to you and to your church. It is God's money. We are managing God's money. And as money managers, we give 10% of his money back to him. Now, that is a shift, okay? If, if you've not grown up in the church, you're like, oh, okay, I thought I was just paying dues to the church. No, it's, it's not a dues situation, okay? Um, we are returning 10% of God's money back to him. Now, there are... Uh, that's called stewardship, okay? So we're managing God's money that way, okay? So there's four biblical reasons to give that I'm going to go through here today. There might be more. But there's four biblical reasons to give. Three are wrapped up in the tithe. One is wrapped up in offering, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, okay? So there's three biblical reasons we want to talk about. Um, and so, again, this is kind of a solid ground series. I'm going to be all over the Bible here. Sorry about that. But I want us to have understand it from beginning to end type of a deal, okay? So we're going to look at all of this. Three reasons that we want that we give the tithe. Uh, gratitude, because we are grateful. Worship, it is a worship unto the Lord. And obedience, we want to do what the Lord tells us to do. Okay? So, grateful, worshipful, and obedience are the three things. All right? Genesis chapter 28. We look um, at these three things. Genesis chapter 28, verse 20. We have uh, verses here on the screen for you. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me, then the Lord will be my God. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So this is this tithe, this idea of tithing. Um, Jacob, or Israel at the time, says that because I am grateful because of everything that you have given me, not just given me, but everything you're going to give me. So see, he's kind of making a decision on the front end what he's going to do. I've made a decision. 
you are my God, I am following you, so from here on out, I'm going to bless you with the tenth. What you have given me, I'm giving back to you. So it's from a grateful heart that Jacob is giving back to the Lord. You see that? And so we need to give from a grateful heart. When we give back to the Lord, we need to be grateful for the things that God has given us. Are you grateful for the things that God has given you? And so one way to show that gratitude, okay, is more than just saying it, but a way to show that gratitude is to take our cue from Jacob here and to give the tenth. Uh, next is worship, 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Hezekiah assigned the priests and Levites to divisions uh, to burn, I'm sorry, to offer burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, to minister, to give thanks, and to sing praises at the gates of the Lord's dwelling. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. So Hezekiah looked at this, and th- at times they would, they would turn their backs on the Lord, and this is a little bit of a reinstating the tithe uh, to the Israelite nation here. He, he says, we need to tithe, and he puts this in the context of worshiping, singing praises to God. So when we tithe, we are actually worshiping the Lord. How that works out is, is we're going to put value, remember last week, we're going to put value on the things that we want to value. And if the Lord is number one in our life, or everything revolves around God, then we're going to worship Him in everything that we do. So we choose not to be selfish and hold everything for ourselves, but we worship God in our tithe. So in the same way that we clap our hands and we sing songs during worship time, that 25 minutes of worship time before the preaching, okay, that there's more to do to worship than just singing songs. And one of those things to do is to give tithe back to the Lord, as Hezekiah says. Then we go uh, to obedience, where most people think of, church people think of, whenever you hear the tithe, Malachi chapter 3, right? That's what, that's what most people think. Malachi chapter 3 is what we're looking at, and this is for obedience. Verse 6, we'll start there. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. Do not change. That's interesting. I do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? So again, uh, you read through the Old Testament, and the Israelite nation was like this, okay? We were high on the mountain, and we loved the Lord, and we're going to serve God, and, and, and in those times, we had victory over our enemies, and uh, to, to the victory goes to spoils, right? And so we were a healthy nation, and we were a rich nation, and all these things. And then when we began to turn away, or when Israel began to turn away from the Lord... They would start to hit rock bottom, and then other nations would defeat them, and there would be disease and all these different things. And this happened all the time. They were mostly down, uh, up sometimes, but they were mostly down. You guys know that? You, you've read some of the Old Testament, though? You, you can see that. Um, maybe some of you, that, that's your life as well. You're up here sometimes, you're down here sometimes, and okay. That, follow the Lord, okay? Follow the Lord. So he says um, that you turn from me, okay? You turn from me. So he says, return to me and I'll return to you. How do we return? What is, what is something we're missing? What have we not been doing? Well, this is what God highlights to Malachi in chapter 3, verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. 
But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. And offerings, and tithes and offerings. You were under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now, this is some strong language. Do we see this? This isn't just like a casual conversation. You're robbing me as a nation. How, how in the world are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? Because remember, what we have is God's. We are managing it. So if we are keeping for ourselves what God has given us, not giving back his portion, God says, you are robbing me. It's not yours to begin with. It's not yours. It's mine. If the head of your company came to you and said, here's $100,000, I want you to spend money on making our, our life better here, making our business better here, $100,000, okay? Go and make this company better. And you went and you bought, you know, a, a jet ski or something. I don't know. You bought, like, some stuff for yourself, okay? Is that robbing from your employer? Yes, that's his money that he asked you to manage, and you went and bought gift cards for yourself to everywhere, okay? That's the same similar situation. God has given us everything that we have, and he says that we, that we are robbing when we do not pay our tithe. That's what he told the Israel, or that's what he told uh, Israel. So then, here's our verse. Verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The tithe is the tenth. The storehouse represented the church. And that there may be food in my house. So the reason why you bring tithe into the storehouse is so that what the house needs um, can be done. There are things that we, as, okay, to, to put it in our context, there are things that here at the church we want to get done, and believe it or not, they cost money, okay? Uh, Amazon and whoever else doesn't just give us stuff because we're a church, believe it or not. Uh, we actually have to pay for those things. And so whether it's uh, equipment for our music ministry or snacks for kids' ministry, I don't know if you have preschoolers or not, but they want snacks sometimes. And so we've got to, listen, goldfish, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's expensive out there, Okay. But we have to pay for some of those things. We want to have a big event like a trunk or treat. And so we want to advertise and we want to do all these things. So we tithe so that the church has what it needs to be able to be the church. We want to go out and we want to give to missions. We want to do all these, all these types of different things. So he says, bring your tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Then he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room, not enough room to store it. So it's not that God needs our money. He wants our gratefulness, our worship, and our obedience. And then when we do that, that he will open up blessings to us. That's where it is. So if you are not giving to the Lord, do not expect to be blessed by the Lord. If you are not giving to the Lord, if you're looking over your shoulder at someone, hey, well, God, why are you blessing him? If we're not giving to the Lord, do not expect to be blessed by the Lord. There is some connection here between giving to the Lord, tithes and offerings, and the blessings of God. Now... We can go too far with this on the other side of it, and we start giving to get blessing. That's very dangerous. That's wrong. We don't give to get. Whether your favorite preacher is on there, 
going, send me $1,000 and the Lord will just bless you right back. Stop doing that, okay? I'm not looking at anybody, okay? I don't know who does that. Stop it. That is not what that means. That's not what this is talking about, okay? Stop that. That, okay? Dude, <laughs> just don't do that, <laughs> okay? That is not what God is saying here. If you want to be blessed, then you just send me a check. Okay, that, okay I'm just not going to talk about that. <laughs> Stop it. Do not give to those people, okay? You might have liked the sermon that they preached one time. That's great. Now, if, if you want to bless a ministry because the Lord wants you to give and bless a ministry, that's fine. But the idea of giving to get is wrong. And that's not what God is saying here. So do not take it so far. Now, there is a connection between giving and blessing, but you do not give to get. You give because you are grateful, you worship, and you obey. Now, if you're, if you're truly grateful already for the things that God is giving you, you're not coveting enough to give to get something else over here. Does that make sense? So you give not to get, okay? We also want don't want to give in a legalistic way, okay, where to say that, um, well, you know, I, I got to stay a Christian, so I got to keep on giving, okay? Um, Jesus plus giving your tithe does not equal salvation. That, that's not how, that's not the equation, okay? It's not Jesus plus giving equals salvation. It's just Jesus, okay? So we can't have this idea that, well, you know, I I, I gossip and I cuss a little bit, but I tithe. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is works-based giving, okay? That's works-based giving. So I'm, I'm going to say something shocking here, okay? All right. Board members, close your ears, okay? Okay. If you are giving tithe for the sole reason to stay saved then stop giving your tithe. We don't want any more, okay? Because that's not how it works. You don't give to get blessings or to stay saved while you can keep doing all this other stuff, okay? That's not how that works. What I'd actually like you to do is, is get your heart right with the Lord and then pick up giving again. But do not give, do not give your tithe so that you can stay saved while you do all this other stuff. It does not work. It is not Jesus plus giving equals salvation. It's just Jesus. Okay? So we, 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 have, to, we have to understand that. So I feel like you, we could go too far with the blessing thing. Okay? But there is a connection. There is a connection between giving and, uh, and receiving or, or getting blessings. Verse 11 says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the veins in your fields will not drop their fruits before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Getting blessings is not always checks in the mail, okay? Sometimes um, it's keeping you healthy. Like you would have gotten sick, or you would have gotten injured, or you would have, but God had his hand and protected you, and you didn't even know what was going on. And so that's why we lift up praises and thankfulness every day, all the time. We don't know the things that God has kept us from, okay? Because we have remained faithful to him. So he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Something could have happened, but I stopped it. That is a blessing of God, is it not? That is a blessing. Okay? 
So that, was the, that is the idea of tithing in the Old Testament, certainly. Um, it continues. I'll come, back, I'll come back to the New Testament in just a second. But this continued even in the early church, early church, church fathers, such as Irenaeus, Chrysostom, Jerome, Augustine. All of them tithe and taught tithing as well. He said, when, I think it was Jerome that said this, when we tithe, we acknowledge God's ownership. Because Paul talked about how I'm a slave to God. Uh, when we tithe, we acknowledge God's ownership of us and our lives. And so we return to him what is his. Now, you say, but like, that's like old covenant, right? Like, aren't we in like new covenant? Doesn't that just like negate everything? Aren't we supposed to just throw that stuff away? Okay. Genesis chapter 14. Let's look at this. Genesis 14, verse 18. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. So Abraham, or Abram at the time, won this battle, and he, he got all of these, these treasures. Um, and what he did was, is he came to this king of Salem, who was a priest of God most high. Now, Melchizedek was not a man. He was actually an angel of the Lord, okay, who was a priest at this time. Now, this is before the priestly order. This is way before Moses, okay? So there was not a priestly order set up, but he was set up in this time to be a priest of sorts of the, of, of the Most High God. So Abraham comes, he takes his earnings, and this is what he does. Verse 20, And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So this tithe was years, years before the law was brought to Moses. This is Abram. So this idea of tithe is outside of the law. Now, inside the law, there were things that were added for the nation of Israel. There were people, because uh, there were 12 tribes of Israel, one of the tribes was not given land. The other 11 tribes were given land. So then they were supposed to tithe to them. So Every third year, they were supposed to give extra for the poor. Every sixth year, they were supposed to give extra to the Levites. The year of Jubilee, right? Every 50 years, if you owned this land and you sold it, it actually, you had to give it back to the original owners every 50 years. So there were some other giving that was wrapped up in the tithe that was for the nation of Israel that came after this fact, okay? After whenever Moses was here. Um, and so that's how they gave, every third year, sixth year, jubilee, that sort of thing. Um, but the idea of the tithe came from Abram well before the law was established. Jesus talked about the tithe in Luke chapter 11. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and, love of, and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So he kind of teaches on the tithe a little bit of a back door, okay? So he's going to the Pharisees and he says, you tithe... But you also are awful to people. Now, you should do this, but you should also do this. You should be good to people. Okay? So, yes, tithe, but yes, be good to people. What are you doing? You can't just tithe and say, I'm, I'm good enough. I can treat people however I want to. That's not what he's saying. Jesus con consistently taught against coveting, and tithing is one of the deterrents of this attitude because it puts God first. It puts God first in the things that we do. Hebrews. Chapter 7, let's stay in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 7 and 8 and 9, uh, he goes through, if, if Paul's the author, let's say Paul's the author. Paul goes through, uh, or the author of Hebrews, 
uh, goes through in chapter 7, 8, and 9, and he talks a lot about this, how that Jesus is above the priests of the old covenant, of the old law, okay? So we're not, we don't do those things in the old law because Jesus is above those things. He's different than those things. And then in verse 17 it says, For it is declared you, which is Jesus, are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So you don't stay in the order of the Aaronic priests, but in Melchizedek, the way we set up the tithe from the beginning, that is to continue, as it continued with the church fathers as well. So that's what it says there in Hebrews. You can look at 7, 8, and 9 and read, and read it for yourself as well. And then you're like, well, doesn't it say somewhere, like, you can just give whatever you want to give? That's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, right? Just give whatever you want to give. Okay, that's not exactly how it's worded. That's not how the Bible would word that, okay? Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, right? There's that verse. What do we do with that? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's read it, okay? So in chapters 8 and chapters 9, Paul is talking about this one thing. So when he had visited the Corinthians before, he had told the Corinthians that there were some Jewish people in Jerusalem that were having a hard time. They were poor, and there were some down and out, okay? And so the Corinthian church says, well, we want to do something for them. We want to bring an offering to them so that we can lift their spirits, we can take care of their needs, that sort of thing. And so between the times of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, as he's writing this letter, he says, he writes this letter to say, I'm going to come back through, and I want you to give that offering that you said that you were going to give. So verse 8 is talking about the Macedonians, and he says that the Macedonians, even though they are poor, they actually gave generously. Everybody say generously. Generously is the word of the New Testament for giving, okay? Remember I told you there were four reasons to give? We give because we are grateful, we give because we are worshiping, we give because we are obedient, and we give because we want to be generous. That is the idea of the New Testament giving. We want to be generous in our giving. And so that's what he is talking about in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. He's talking about this one-time offering that you were going to give to these Jewish people. Verse uh, 5. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. So when we give of these offerings, we're not supposed to give grudgingly. Okay, fine, Adam, I'll give to that missionary that you brought in to preach for us. Okay, fine, here's 50 bucks, okay? No, that's not, that's not what, no, don't do that, Okay. When you give an offering, just like what these Corinthians are about to do for these Jews that are in Jerusalem, you give generously out of a cheerful heart, which we'll read here in just a second. But don't give grudgingly, okay? If the Lord wants you to give $50, you give $50. If the Lord wants you to give $500, you give $500, and you give it with a joyful, generous heart. We are grateful for what the Lord has given us. We're worshiping. We're being obedient. God's telling us to give a certain offering to certain somebody. And so we give from a generous heart. That is in the, in, with the idea of our fall missions opportunity. I'm bringing an, op- an opportunity, just as Paul brought an opportunity to the Macedonians, the Corinthians, that you can give Convoy of Hope, this one day to feed the world. Give what the Lord tells you to give and not give grudgingly. We give because we want to give. Because we are generous in our giving. This is tithe plus. This is tithe 
and offerings, plus offerings. We want to give to these things. There's Project 42, where we are raising money to put people on the front lines of people who have never heard the gospel. 42% of the world has never heard the gospel. That number seems so high to me. 42% of the world has never heard the gospel. So I'm giving an opportunity for us to give to Project 42. I'm not telling you how much to give. Everyone in the room should give $5,000. No, I'm not telling anybody to do that. I'm saying you go home, pray with your family, what should we give, and whatever that number is, $50, $100, $5, you give it joyfully, not grudgingly, and then don't even worry about it. Verse 6, remember this. Now, he will give you, he will give you a principle, though. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When we give to the Lord in our offerings, when we have an opportunity to give to maybe a poor person, or you want to give to the church, or want to give to a missionary that's coming through, you give whatever you feel like in your heart and feel good about it. You know, sometimes we say, oh, I wish I could give more. That's great. We're we're a little on a roller coaster a little bit sometimes. Sometimes when you have the ability to give more, then give more. If you're in a season in your life where you can only give a little, then give a little. That's fine. The point is, is that we want to give generously. Then verse 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all good things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So once again, once again, blessings are connected to that. But we give because we are grateful for what God has given us. It's God's money. We are managing it. We are grateful for what God has given us. We are worshiping the Lord. We're putting him first. We are being obedient to him. And then we also want to be generous. We want to be a church that is generous. And that is, that is the, the idea in the New Testament. I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times before, where in Acts, people were selling plots of land and just laying all of it down here at the feet of, of the disciples. Peter did not say, no, 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 we only want 10%. No, it's just they were giving based on what the Lord was telling them to give. And they gave generously so that everyone was able to do that. Old Testament way of thinking, because remember they kept turning from the Lord, turning from the Lord, turning back to the Lord, turning to the Lord. Old Testament way of thinking is, do I have to give 10%? That's kind of an Old Testament way to do it. They're trying to figure out how they can sort of stay a Christian while doing this, okay? That's kind of the way you think. The New Testament way of thinking is, can I give more than 10%? Like, that's, I, I want to give generously. Can I do more than that? And the answer is, yes, of course you can. Those of you who have seen what God has given you and blessed you with, you want to give more. Becky and I passed up 10% a long time ago. Like, we're never giving just 10% anymore. There, there's no way we're doing that. And sometimes we can get hung on 10% like that's all I have to give. That's, okay, that's not New Testament thinking, actually. Like, that's all I have to give. Okay, New Testament thinking is, but I want to give more. I see what God's done for me. I want to give more than that. And there are people in this church who have done a fantastic job of that. And I I don't want to name names, but there are people who have either come to me with money or just put it in the offering where they've said, I want to give some money to the worship department. 
I don't know if they have everything they need. I want to make sure that this money goes to this. I've had some people say, I want to give such and such money, uh, X amount of money to the children's program. I don't know what they're doing up there, but I want to give to this. We've had some people who have said around camp time, listen, uh, how much does camp cost because we want to sponsor a, a kid to go to camp? It's like, well, it costs $180 or whatever it is. Great, $180 check right there. Like that is tithe plus. That is being generous. That's the Lord's bless me. I want to bless somebody else. And there's different ways that you can do that. And I say, yes, absolutely. Imagine a church or imagine an individual who lived like this. Imagine an individual or a church that lived grateful, that lived worshipful, that lived obedient, and that lived generously. Where would the Lord take that person? Where would the Lord take that church? See, I want to be the type of person that gives gratefully, worshipfully, obediently, and generously. And I want our church to be a church that gives gratefully, worshipfully, obediently, and generously. Where will the Lord take us if we stand up and say, that's where we want to go. That's who we want to be. If our worship team would come on up. I wanted to say thank you to the worship team. They do a great job for us. And absolutely. Because this is an act of worship. Now, I'm, I'm not setting you up. We're not taking an offering for anything, okay? I, I'm not setting you up here, okay? Um. Uh, but what I do want to do is I want to go into a time of worship because all of this is because of God. We are able to do anything because of God. We're able to buy a house. We're able to have a job. We're able to take a vacation. We're able to get something to eat. Everything. We're able to breathe this breath that I just breathed. We're able to do it all because of the Lord. And so we give Him praise and we give Him worship for it. So in this same vein of giving our tithe or giving our offerings is in the same vein of worshiping the Lord. Well, worshiping the Lord is in the same vein of this. So let's lift up a praise to the Lord. Would you would stand this morning? And we're going to do just that. Now, some of you maybe part of this somewhere along the way kind of pricked your heart a little bit and says, yeah, I need to give more. I need to do this. I need to start to do this. I want to have an attitude of gratefulness or an attitude of, of, uh, of generosity. So as we're worshiping, you can talk to the Lord and say, Lord, what, what are you having me to do? What do you want me to do? I, I, I want to be that type of person. What he was talking about, that kind of that New Testament thinking, what can I do? Can I do more? And so while we go into this time of worship, you can be thinking that, you can be praying that as well. But let's just give God thanks and praise for what he has already done for us in our lives and what we know he is going to continue to do right? Let's, uh, let's, let's lift our hands to the Lord for a second and begin to talk to him right now. Lord, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Lord, we lift you up this morning. We want to give you thanks. We want to give you praise this morning. That's what we want to do. We want to pause and just give you thanks and give you praise. Lord, we are grateful for all that you have done. Help us to be generous type people. Help us to be obedient, worshipful, grateful. Help us, Lord. Help our church to be these things, God. Help us, Lord. Let's lift them up in